I would like you to find three places in your Bible. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 is where we will initially read. Then if you'll find Isaiah chapter 59 and also Psalm 73. So Ecclesiastes chapter number 3, that's where we will initially start. And then Isaiah 59 and Psalm 73. And we'll give certainly give some time for that before we stand for the reading of the Word of God. I say it a lot, but I mean it. I appreciate the music around here. I'm so very thankful for all the work that goes into the music around here. It doesn't just happen. These folks practice. They take time. They prepare. Certainly pray that there'll be a blessing. And I appreciate it so, so very much. I'm thankful for all the hard work that goes into it and appreciate songs like we just heard. And of course, the the choir and just uh, on I could go, but I'm very, very thankful for all of these. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, Isaiah 59, if you would mark that, Psalm 73 uh, for later on, those two for later on in the message. That way we can keep on rolling and hopefully not be too late for lunch. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for at least one amen. Thank you, Brother Philip. I appreciate that very, very, very much. If you found those, would you stand for the reading of the Word of God in honor of His Word. I appreciate your willingness to do so. If you're not well able to stand, God understands all about that. He understands that. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Look way on down in the chapter to verse number 16. And we'll begin our reading there. And uh, if you'll follow along with me, uh, I'll read. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 16. The Bible says, And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time, uh, for there, is a time there for every purpose and every work. I said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one that befall, even one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go unto one place. All are of dust, and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? Wherefore I, was, I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, and that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? I want to try to preach this morning on this subject. God is just. Our, our God is just just. He's, he's just. We've already prayed. If you'll be seated, we'll try to get right on into the message. For the past three Sundays, we've been here in the book of the Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes is Solomon's personal journal uh, containing his observations and reflections of life under the sun. And it records his uh, research, uh, attempting to find meaning and purpose for himself from the things of this world alone. He was seeking fulfillment from the things of this world 
alone, just, just, just the things of this world. And each of the tests yielded the same conclusion, conclusion and which was this, attempting to find significance in this world apart from God is a vain pursuit. It's empty. You'll not find fulfillment in this world alone. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Life only makes sense if there is a God and if we can know Him. Amen. Only. If you exclude God, life seems to run in circles. What do you mean, preacher? Well, generations live and die without accomplishing anything of lasting significance. He said that in, in these previous chapters. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 3. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. Of verse number 9 of that chapter. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. So without God, nothing this world has to offer gives lasting satisfaction. It's always temporary. Ecclesiastes 1.8, all things are full of labor. Men cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Verse 14, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Life is only gratifying when people acknowledge the significance of God and God Himself. I'm going to say it again because it's an important statement. Life is only gratifying when people acknowledge the significance of God and acknowledge God Himself. God is good. And God puts goodness into our lives. And we also know that God is sovereign. And He keeps this world from getting completely out of control. He is in control. God is in control. Everything in life is subject to the laws of God. What, what are you talking about? Uh, the beginning of, of chapter 3. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, and on and on and on and on. I, I'm, 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 I'm saying everything in life is subject to God's laws. And though life can really be ugly... And definitely men can make a mess of this world. God very wisely and sovereignly works through it all. And he makes all things beautiful in his time. According to chapter 3 and verse number 11. He makes all things beautiful in his time. The best works of men are only temporary. But what God does is forever. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse number 14. So anyway, as Solomon continued to explore the different aspects of life, nothing he discovered led him to alter any of these conclusions that he had already come to. Each new experience only reinforced the conclusion uh, that we're going to consider in this message. And that conclusion is this. Only God knows how to make life work. Amen. Only God. He has to be first. So, when uh, considering the sovereignty of God, two realities uh, really troubled Solomon. First, he was troubled by man's callousness to his fellow man. And we know this for sure. Fallen men are capable of great evil, aren't they? Great evil, absolutely so. But second, he was shocked to discover 
that the same forces of evil um, are active in society that are active in society are frequently at work in the very institutions meant to restrain them. Okay, let's just say it this way. Evil's everywhere. It's everywhere. Absolutely. So to Solomon, it seemed that God, the God of heaven, was powerless to prevent or stop human injustice. But that, that's kind of the point he, he is trying to get across here. And he wanted to know why there, are, why there is uh, so much death and destruction and sorrow and hatred and violence in this world. Uh, I, I mean, is God to blame for the cruel and the wicked deeds of men? Is, is God powerless to prevent those things? If God never intervenes, is there any hope of real and lasting justice in this world? These are valid questions that Solomon sought answers for as he reflected upon the sinfulness of men and the judgment of God. We live in a world full of sinful people. That's where we are. And here's the, here's the reality. Nothing is entirely sacred in a world of sin. Okay, verse 16 again. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there. And the place of righteousness that iniquity was there. So Solomon observed that the sinfulness of man defiled even the most honorable works of men. And, and it was not a surprise to Solomon that sin existed. I mean, he understood all of that. But he was very, very shocked to find that sinful people polluted areas of life that ought to be known for the absence of sin. It, it shocked him. Uh, he talked about how sin defiled the judicial process. He talked about the place of judgment there in verse 16 that defiled the judicial process. When Solomon observed the process of making and upholding the law, he found that men charged with preserving justice were capable of being controlled by wickedness. That's pretty evident in our society today. Uh, come on, that would include the legislative branch of society. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Laws can be passed to serve the special interests of a select in, or individual. Uh, laws can be passed to serve the special interest of a select individual or even a group instead of what serves for the good of the public. Can't they? Oh, we see it all the time. Matters of right and wrong could be decided by popular opinion rather than the unchanging moral precepts of God's law. That happens all the time. So that would include the judicial, judicial branch of society. Judgment was not always impartial. The guilty were not always prosecuted. The innocent were not always protected. Justice was not always administered fairly and equally. Can you start to relate to the world we live in now? Isaiah 59. Look at that with me, if you will. And look down to verse number 9. The Bible says, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity. 
for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar like all, uh, we roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart uh, words of falsehood, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter, yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey, and the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Sin defiled the benevolent association of the society. The, the place of the righteous. It's out there, isn't it? Come on. I, I mean, preacher, we're, we're trying to live for God. We should try to live for God. Preacher, we're doing what we should do. And we should do what we should do according to what the Bible says. But that does not mean that we're not going to be subject at times to people that aren't doing so. And a society that is not doing so. No, 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 no. It's not just because you are, because you're a born again child of God that everything's going to run as smooth as you think it ought to run. It's not like that in our, in our world. It wasn't like that back during Solomon's time. And, and he's, he, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, sin had defiled these benevolent associations of society, places that should have been known for their good works were spoiled by men, men with wicked hearts who, who misused their influence for selfish and sinful purposes. I mean, we're, we're talking about centers of charity, centers of, of charity, organizations that are designed to aid the poor and, and support the weak and, and help those unable to help themselves. There's too many charitable organizations today that are lining the pockets of those that are in charge of those programs instead of helping the ones that they say that they are out there helping. But let's not forget the places of religious worship. James chapter 1 and verse number 27, the Bible says, pure, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. The place of righteousness should be known for genuine compassion. It, it, no, no, it, it should be known for doing good deeds, completely free from worldly motives, completely free from selfish ambitions, I'm saying that we should be loving people and preaching Christ. Well, we should be having compassion and making a difference. I, I, I mean, uh, we, we are to be loving the unlovable and helping those that need help. We're to be directing them to the one that can give them the most help. It's still the same today as it was in the day of Solomon. This world is ran by unjust people. All you have to do is read the newspaper. All you have to do is look what's going on in our government right now. The world that we live in is run, ran by unjust people. 
Here's our hope. The wickedness of man will be offset by the judgment of God. Back in our text, verse number 17, it says, For there is a time, uh, there's, uh, for there is a time there for every purpose and every work. Psalm 73. Turn there with me. Psalm 73. Verse number one, it says this. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their debt, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness that they that they have more than their heart could wish. Uh, they are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh uh, uh, through the, the earth. Therefore his people return hither and waters of of a full cup are wrung out of them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend uh, against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, listen, listen, it was too painful for me. No, all the injustice that goes on in the world. Uh, come on, surely I'm not the only one that looks at the news and reads the paper and reads news articles and says, man, oh man, oh man, this is horrible. This is terrible. Well, why in the world is all this going on? What in the world is going on? But verse 17 there, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. There is coming a day of judgment for everyone. Nobody will be discluded. I hate all these terrible things I'm seeing. Verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Asaph, the psalmist, reached the same conclusion as Solomon, the preacher. In, In a world where wicked men do so much wrong, there there must come a day when a holy God will right all the wrongs. God's going to do that. That that day is coming. I, I, I must say that I have wished for it and prayed for it in the past. Lord, why do you let these people get by with this? 
Why in the world are all these people, why in the world are all these people uh, seemingly doing so well that, that live such horrid lives and, and practice such wickedness? And Solomon reasoned that if God exists and sin goes unchecked under the sun, then at some point, a just God must set things right. Okay, God is just. He knows everything that's going on. And He is a sovereign God. He is the one that keeps this world from absolutely going completely out of control right now. So Solomon's conviction was this, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. Verse number 17 again, I said, mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there's a time there for every purpose and every work. No good work performed by righteous people will go unrewarded. Preacher, I tell you, it just gets so hard. You know, I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to do this stuff and help people. It just doesn't seem like, what stuff, 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 stuff. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10 says this, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward His name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Well, I know, but preacher, I pray and I work and I go and I give, but it seems like, it just seems like nothing good happens. And, and, and sometimes it, it just seems like no one cares. I mean, come on, really, preacher, what does it matter? I, I mean, does God even care? <laughs> does Jesus care? When my heart is pained, we sang about it today, too deeply for mirth or song, as the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long. Oh, yes, He cares. I know He cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. (laughs) Now you know why they don't let me in a choir anyway. (laughs) Yes. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, it matters. I'm saying if we never see the results of what we do down here for God, it matters. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give in. No, no. God sees the labor of love and is working on your behalf. I mean, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight. Let God take care of the unrighteousness. Let God take care of the unrighteousness. You just keep doing right. Well, I'll come because no evil work of wicked people will go unpunished. Yes, sir. I'll say it again: no, no evil work of wicked people will go unpunished. People may think so, 
but they never get away with sin. They may think they're getting by with something, but they never get away with sin. No, 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 no. God keeps good records. And at the appropriate time, He will call into account every work. It is going to happen. Here's Solomon's complaint. God puts off His judgment until it's too late to be of any value. That's what Solomon is going on in his head at this point. Okay, look at verse 18. It says, I said in mine heart concerning the estates of the Son of Men that God might manifest them, uh, that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them. As the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breast, so that man hath no preeminence above a beast. For all is vanity. All go unto one place. All are the dust, are all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. <clears throat> men are people are often blind to their own sins. I said we're often blind to our own sins. Or we don't want to call them sins. A lot of time their sinful condition is not manifest to them. They don't see it. And Solomon felt, at this point, Solomon felt as if God does not do enough in this world to open men's eyes to their sins and to the judgment that awaits them unless they change. And as far as society can see, our lives are no different from that of a beast, that of an animal. That's why there have been millions of babies slaughtered from the womb. Because, I mean, if we come from monkeys, if we're nothing more than an animal, what's another life? Big deal. Now, it's a mindset of a good part of our society. We're no better than the beast, we're no better than the animals. We did live and die like them. I mean, well, you know, we, we, we're made of dust. They're made of dust. They go back to dust. We go back to dust. But God had a plan, didn't He? All along. Although Solomon... Although Solomon understood that because of his knowledge of the Scriptures back during that time, he was not acknowledging it at that time because he was trying to find satisfaction in the world. But God had a plan. He was going to send a Messiah. Okay, He was going to send a Savior to open the eyes of those that are blind. To make them see their sinful condition. That they might come to know the Savior as their personal Savior. That their sins could be forgiven. That they could live a life different than the rest of the world. 
he had a plan all along. But what Solomon was seeing here is that both men and beasts experience good and evil. Verse number 19, it talked about that which befalls the sons of man befalleth beast. They see good, they see evil. And both men and beast are subject to death. As one dies, so dieth the other. And when they die, both are placed in the ground, and, and in times their body is going to decay. I mean, that's what he's saying here. That's what he's saying. And Solomon's challenge was this. Who really knows? Who really knows what happened to people after they die? Well, verse number 21. Who knoweth the spirit of man? that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth. So Solomon wanted, get this please, Solomon wanted God to prove that this life is not all there is. That's what's going on in his head right now. As he pinned this down. Solomon believed that he had insufficient evidence that the spirit of a man was any better off than that of an animal. How could he know that the spirit of man returns to God and that the spirit of beast just dies when an animal dies? And we have to remember this. Solomon did know. He did know that that is what the Word of God teaches. He did know that. And Solomon did know that people ought to live like those who will give an account of their lives to God one day. He knew that. Come on, he'd been in the Scriptures. He knew that. Being the king, I mean, he had access to all the Scripture of that day. And Solomon questioned, Solomon questioned whether God has done enough to prove to men the truth of future judgment. So let's ask this question. What is Solomon's real problem in this matter? What is, what is his real problem here? As, as, he, as he presents all this stuff. What, what, what is his real problem here? Well, let me tell you. Solomon had no real faith in God's word. He'd want to question God's Word. He, he knew what God had said, but he thinks that it is unreasonable for God to expect us to accept His Word on such serious matters. Listen, on such serious matters by faith alone. Or we're supposed to just believe all this by faith? Yes. But he contends that men need more proof that what God says in His Word, in fact, is true. That's where he's at at this time. So, is there any validity to Solomon's argument? Are there people that deny this book? as not being true? 
Do we who are believers at times read what God has to say to us and give direction for us and just figure that it's not really what it means? I mean, that can't really be what God wants us to do. Are there times that we, even as believers, do not accept God's Word by faith? Uh, has, has God really asked us to take His Word by faith without any evidence of it being true? <clears throat> you know, it really is impossible to deny that wickedness and evil are present in our world today because we see its effect everywhere, don't we? It's out there. Even in places we would least expect it. It can show up, can it? I can tell stories, not going to. But it shows up. And God's answer to the problem of evil is future judgment. Every person must deal with the truth of a coming day of judgment. Every person needs to deal with that truth. You think that's really going to happen? It absolutely is going to happen. It's going to happen. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, And as it appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Judgment is coming. Everyone will stand before God one day. Then in verse number 22, Solomon takes the position... It's really crazy, but Solomon takes the position of an agnostic. Now look at it here. It says, Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? It's really crazy because in, in spite of his own personal conviction concerning the judgment of God, he concludes that it is impossible for men to know for certain what is going to happen to them after they die. Well, maybe there's no God. Maybe there's no future judgment. Maybe this life is all there is. Uh, no, no, no. Stay with me here. Stay with me. But then again, what if it's not? W- what if there is a God? And what if the Bible is true? And that day of judgment is coming. But how should men live who are unsure about what to believe? And the answer that Solomon gives, it, it's twofold. He said first that a man ought to rejoice in his own works. And there's nothing wrong with that. I said there's nothing wrong with that. No, 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 no. Enjoy life, absolutely. But make sure you don't regret it in the end. Because we're all coming to an end. Uh, Oh, no, no, we, we all have an appointment with death. And we better be sure that we have made peace with God, first and foremost. 
live in such a manner that if, if this life, live in such a manner that if this life is, is all there is, that you'll be happy with the life that you live. But if there is a day of judgment coming, that you'll be glad you took God into account. Because judgment is coming. See, the truth is in all of this, we don't get a second chance. No such thing as reincarnation. You're not going to come back as a tree. I've said before, if there was really reincarnation, I want to come back as one of Miss Pam's dogs. Because they are so terribly spoiled. But there's no such thing as there's no such thing as reincarnation. We don't get another chance. We get one chance to live this life. So we should take it seriously. Because there is a God in heaven. And if we do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we will stand at the great white throne judgment one day, and we will be judged for every sin that we've ever committed during this life, and we will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone for eternity. There is coming that judgment day. All the wickedness that's going on in the world right now, and all the wicked people that are running the world right now, those that don't know Christ, there's an expected end. Well, how do you know that? Because it's right here in this book. And by faith we believe, don't we? Come on, 38 years ago, I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. 38 years ago. Knelt down by my coffee table. I'd never seen Jesus, still haven't. One day I will. But one day I believed. And when I believed, He saved my soul. Amen. Yes. I mean, He moved in. Amen. He begun something that never is going to end. Amen. Yeah. He changed my life completely from the inside out. How come? Yeah. Because I believed by faith. By faith. I've never seen Jesus. I wasn't there when they crucified Him. I just realized I was the reason they crucified Him. Yeah. It was my sin that put Him on the cross. Yes. It was my sin that he came to die for. It was, it was my sin that, that condemned him. I, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, by faith, on that day, I put my trust in him, and he saved my soul for eternity. By faith. Then after salvation, as I have read this book and studied this book and, and, and attempted to live the way that God says every time that I go in His direction, there's blessing. Yes, sir. And every time I go against His direction, there's cursing. We're not getting by with anything. And God is good to all. I understand that. And, and, and Solomon brought that out earlier in his writings. God is good to all. He is. He reigns on the just and the unjust. But I am telling you, He wants us to believe Him and by faith to live the life that He has laid out for us in His Word. In that Bible. Well, preacher, I believe the Bible. Well, do you read it? And even more important, if you do read it, do you heed it? 
Do, do you care what Jesus has to say more than just on Sunday? Because He is to be our God. He is to be our guide 24-7. He is the one that keeps us on the straight and narrow. He is the one that keeps us from making the mistakes of this life. Well, I tell you, all these people out there, they're doing all this stuff. And they, you know, I mean, it just seemed like they roll right along and nothing happens to them. And it's not like I'm in their wickedness or anything. I know I do have a little this and that. I shouldn't be doing that. But it's not like I'm being as wicked as some of those people. I mean, good Greek preacher. I mean, you know, it's it's not like I'm in some horrible thing. And if they're getting by with that, then, you know, why can't I get by with this? They're not getting by with anything. We'll answer for all that one day. Well, preacher, I'm saved by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Me too. I'm thankful. There's a day of judgment coming for us too. We will stand at the judgment seat of Christ one of these days. We that are saved, we will stand there. And we will give an account of our Christian life. Everything we've done since the time we got saved, we'll give an account for that, whether it be good or bad. Oh, no, no, no. We don't have to answer for our sin. That was taken care of by the blood of Christ. Amen. We don't have to answer for that. But we will give an account of what we have done with our Christian life since we've been saved. We will give an account to the Lord for that. We will. Come on. I mean, the opportunities He's given us, the, the, the uh, abilities He has given us, the talents He's given us, the money He's given us. Come on. We're going to answer to God one of these days. God is just. And He's going to take care of all the wickedness one of these days. Solomon's answer is sound as far as it goes. Stay with me. We're right at the end. Solomon's answer is sound as far as it goes, but it doesn't go far enough. Because see, God's not going to judge people based on their sincerity. He's going to base, he's, he's going to, he's going to judge people based on the truth that he has given us in his word. Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. See, if we reject the Bible, we've rejected the only reliable source of truth available to us about this life and the life to come. And the truth is, Jesus is the only way to have your sins forgiven. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the truth, uh, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way to have your sin forgiven, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And I'm absolutely thoroughly convinced we have the truth in this old King James Bible. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The Bible is the word of God. It is, our, it is to be. It is our final authority. We will not forsake it. We will follow Him as He guides us with it. God is just, absolutely. And we have the answers to life right here in this Bible. We have them. We have them. Anybody, any, no, 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 no. Anybody that says, oh, I just don't know about that. Anybody that says that, either they're not saved by the grace of God, or since they have been saved, they've not been in this book. Because this book will convince you that God gives us all the answers. But we have to be in it to get them. We have the answers to life, never doubt it. God is just. One of these days, He's going to take care of all the wickedness. Let's not focus on all that. What needs to be done with that? And why doesn't God take care of that? Let's not focus on that. Let's focus on what we should be doing for God and the life that we should be living for God. Let's focus on that. It'll make you a better father, mother, sister, brother, son, daughter, person. It'll make you a better person. God is faithful. We can trust Him and we can trust His Word. Would you bow your head with me for a moment, please? Our head is bowed, our eyes are closed for just a moment. Could be there's somebody in here this morning that would just say, hey preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I know Christ as my Savior. I'm just not sure. Would you please remember me in prayer? Boy, I'd like to do that. You're here this morning, not sure that if you died that you would go to heaven. Would you let me pray for you? Just pray for you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you just slip up your hand wherever you're at, I'm not going not gonna, to not gonna embarrass you, not going to come to you. I'd just like to pray for you, preacher. I am not sure that I've ever truly trusted Christ as my Savior. Anyone like that this morning, would you just slip your hand up wherever you're at? Let me pray for you. Would you do that right there and there? God bless your hearts. I appreciate your honesty and right here. Thank you very much for that. Thank you so much for that. Others, before we move on, I just don't want to miss anybody. I do want to pray for you. I truly do want to do that. Anyone else? You might be sitting here today and saying, boy, preacher, I, I, I just have a hard time trusting God and His Word. I, it seems like I have a hard time trusting Him and His Word. Preacher, I, I want to do what God would have me to do. Would you please just pray for me that God will help me to be obedient to whatever it is that He has for me? to trust His Word more. You're, you're here like that this morning. Would you let me pray for you? Just slip your hand up right there and there, there, back there. God bless your heart and there, over there, over here. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. I appreciate it very much. God is faithful. Let's all stand. Our heads are bowed. Father, thank You. We pray for those in here that do not know Christ as their Savior. We can't save them. We don't even want to act like we can, but we know that You can. If they're willing to come, to turn their heart to You, to trust what Jesus Christ did on the cross all those years ago. They can be saved by Your grace. 
they can have it settled where they're going to go when they leave this life. And I pray that they might even come this morning and let us show them out of your word how they can have that all settled. Then I pray for those in here that may be struggling. Father, we have our times. We have our doubts. Lord, sometimes we wonder. Help us, Lord, to just go back to your word, the source of truth, and trust you that what you say is true. And as we apply it to our own lives, you will continue to bless and help us as no one else can. Bless this time of invitation. Bless those that have already come to the altar. Bless those that need to come. I pray your will be done in every life. And we, we will thank you for what you do. For we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Piano's playing. Some are praying. You need to come. Why don't you come this morning? You don't know Christ as your Savior. You, you, you don't have that settled in your heart. Why don't you come this morning and get it settled? What are you holding on to that would keep you from trusting Christ? Oh, what are you looking for in this life, hoping to be fulfilled by, and it never really happening? The things of this world disappoint. Booze will disappoint you. Drugs will disappoint you. pleasures of sin are fleeting they never last folks are praying still time for you you need to come why not let God have his way and just see how better your life can be why wait any longer